poetry where creativity speaks. Poetry was born out of a desire to provide a platform for local artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs to come and talk about their craft with the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia audience. Over the course of the program, you will hear from poets, singers, actors, dancers, musicians, comedians, and more. Occasionally, you will get advice from business and financial experts, dating and marriage coaches, as well as a local chef who will bring you quick and delicious recipes, especially for the cooking challenged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your new favorite podcast. I'm Candy B, your host, and my co-host, Kennard Cherry, musician extraordinaire. Unfortunately, couldn't be here today. He's out of town. However, my girl Sean Shears is here with us today filling in. How are you doing, girl? Doing all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. What do we have today? Well, today we're going to listen to a couple of poems that uh, Alilaba Insureko brought us. She is from uh, Maryland, and she's a local architect originally from Botswana. Nice. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Let's hear your poems. Okay, so the first poem I'm going to read to you actually does not have a name. Um, A friend of mine drew a picture of an orange, and basically this poem is motivation from an orange. Mm -hmm. So here it goes. Peel me my firm, rough, smooth skin. Firm, rough, smooth, three in one. But don't judge me. Don't judge me by the deep brightness of my skin or the paleness of my color. Don't judge me by the spots on my surface or the roundness of my character or the dullness or brilliance I may give off. Peel me. Peel my skin away and touch the surface of my flesh. Glide your fingers over the creases in my soul and gently caress and pull me apart and see the depths within. And don't judge me. Don't judge me till you've brought me to your lips and filled your being with my flesh. And tasted, don't judge me. Peel me, my firm, rough, smooth skin, three in one. I like that. Excellent. It seems like there's so many, (laughs) pardon the pun, layers (laughs) to that poem. Yes, there are. Um. (laughs) You can take that. Motivation from an orange, but it could be something else. (laughs) Yes, enlighten us. (laughs) What might else that be about? You know, I'll let the mind be creative and go where it wants to go, but this was an orange that I was thinking about. And I remember actually the day I wrote it, mm-hmm. I was sitting on the bus on the on the ride home and all of a sudden these words just came to mind and I just got on my phone and started putting them down. Next thing I knew, I had a motivation from an orange. I love it. <laughs> Thank I you. I took from it to experience and stop <laughs> judging first. Yeah. Just experience some things right. and, you know, see what, what that brings to your life. It's yeah. also very sensual. Um, it does seem to have that element it in it. There's a very romantic quality to it. Yeah. I like. Um, if you could set some music to that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> a lovely love song. <laughs> Is this what happens when you have all ladies in the studio? <laughs> well, we... <laughs> we don't have all ladies in the studio, but, uh, but yes. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do, I do. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. You're very welcome. The name of this poem is Black Woman. Black woman, thick and curvy, skinny and straight, dark and light, smooth and rough, black woman. Big-lipped, medium-lipped, bumpy and flat, heavy-boned and light-boned, cautious and spontaneous, outspoken and loud, quiet and soft, tender and caring, delicate and sensitive, fearless and heartless, careless and crude, rough and tattered, crying within. Straight-haired, fake-haired, natural-haired, permed-haired, wavy-haired, curly-haired, kinky-haired, and who knows what-haired, black woman, beautiful black woman, plastic woman, real woman, scared woman, wounded woman, tired woman, strong woman, yes, all different, but still black woman, a jewel, a gem, a comfort, a gift, a need, black woman. Yeah, you need to exhale after that one. <laughs> that was wonderful. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you. When you said plastic woman, where did that part come from? Well, that just came from the idea that, you know, sometimes we get our nose done or we get our breasts done and we add things or we take things apart. So that person is still a woman, whether they've, mm -hmm. you know, done something to themselves. So... Yeah, I feel like you covered every aspect. Of it. I don't think you left out anything. That was neat that, yeah. you know, we could all find ourselves in that poem. Mm -hmm. That was neat. I don't know what haired woman. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us. My pleasure. Thank you. Girl, close your eyes. Let the rhythm get in. Don't try to fight it There ain't nothing that you can do Relax your mind Lay back and groove in mind You gotta feel the heat And we can ride the buggy Share that beat love I wanna Happy to invite our next guest, um, Kenny Wesley. Yes. Very nice for you to join us today. Great to be here. Um, tell us a little bit, how did you know Candy? Well, I actually met Kennard, I don't even know how many years ago now, mm -hmm. um, through a mutual musician friend of ours, Deborah Bond. Mm -hmm. and, Shout um, out to Deborah. Hey, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we... Um, started to build a friendship, and when he started the podcast, he called me and asked what I do, and I said, of course. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Um, so when did you know you wanted to sing for a living? Oh, that's a tricky question. So I've always been musical. Okay. Um, I started singing before I could speak, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started taking piano at seven. Mm -hmm. And by maybe age 
nine or ten, I started playing professionally at church and at local events. And um, probably around that time, when I saw that I could make money at it, I said, <laughs> I'll just keep doing this. <laughs> you, you knew you could make money at ten years old? Well, I was making money at 10 oh. years old, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was even possible. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. Wow. So then in college, maybe my junior year, I made the leap from just professional musician to wanting to become an artist, which is a completely different thing. Okay. Um, I started really getting deeper into writing songs um, and I started working on my demos that later became my first EP, and that was maybe 2003, 2004. Then fast forward to 2008, I released the EP, and from there on started developing my artistic career. Mm -hmm. So you said that there's a difference, so can you kind of break that down, what the difference is? Yeah, I think uh, being a musician is to make your living from your creative, well, your creative gifts. Mm -hmm. um, so um, creative is a really weird word to use. I'll say from your musical gifts because you could play music that's already written your entire life and make a, a very valid, um, palatable career out of that. Or <clears throat> you could do a mixture of that type of career where you have the music already created and you're just playing it or recording it. Or you can actually be a part of the creation of new music, um, which is what I think is more on the artistic side of it. However, even people who play pre-written or pre-arranged, composed music, they are still being creative with their interpretation of the music there. Um, so in my opinion, though, I think that people who actually write and create music or who are creating some type of um, visual um, visual image that people will follow and um, pay to see, that is what I would consider more so on the artistry side versus just being a, a musician or an instrumentalist. Mm, okay. Do you see the creation of something like a brand as part of being an artist? Um, it can be. Uh, I think some people have a brand and didn't necessarily plan to create one. Mm -hmm. I, I remember hearing Oprah Winfrey say in a speech that people kept telling her that she was a brand and she never even knew what the term meant mm -hmm. until years later after she literally became one. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I think some people plan to become that and mm -hmm. some people just naturally become that because mm -hmm. what they do is so unique mm -hmm. the things that they create are so special that people when they're looking for that thing they always go to that person or that that artist mm -hmm. well listening to your music i was taken by your artistry the the absolute command you have of your range and the just the emotion that you bring with the selections that you made as you were singing, like My Funny Valentine or you know, My Favorite Things, actually. Mm, you know, you. you just have that with your music. Um, so I'm, I'm just blown away. Thank you so much. Yeah, how did 
did you um or who named you? Who gave you that name, the soulful soulful nerd? <laughs> Which I love it. <laughs> I came up with it one oh, day. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I'm an independent artist, so I'm not signed to a record label. And mm-hmm. most independent artists that kind of um get to the point where they're recognizable is for a few different reasons. I think it's either they have a signature sound or they have a really powerful song that becomes wildly popular um, or all of the above. So I felt like at that point in my career that I needed to figure out something signature that Mm -hmm. I could use to kind of brand myself Mm -hmm. and make what I do more memorable in Mm -hmm. the eyes of people. Mm -hmm. So... I was just just kind of brainstorming one day and it came to me. I thought it was kind of like the perfect marriage of the different facets of me. Yeah. Um how how did you how did your childhood prepare you for your career and where you are now? Hmm. I mean tell us about how you grew up. Gosh, that's a very long question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from North Carolina, a very small town. Um, it's called Jacksonville, and um, I went to school in an even smaller town next door to it called Richlands. Um, and uh, actually, it was very racist mm. and a very polarizing type of environment for uh, a very intellectually driven, creative young black male to grow up in. Mm-hmm. So it was very challenging. I got bullied a lot. Mm. But on the flip side of that, church and the which was kind of like my outlet or my connection to the black community because the blacks were in such a small number compared mm-hmm. to whites in that region. The church was like my safe place because that's where people look like me. They welcome me. They mm-hmm. encourage me. As I begin to develop as a musician, they encourage me as a singer, as a pianist. And as a, a student, they, they had free tutoring at uh, my church. So they really wanted us to be great. And um, it was a, just such a stark contrast from my everyday at school. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the values that my parents instilled that, of course, came from the church and the way they were raised of being respectful, being kind, um, that's definitely been very pivotal to my career and building relationships with people in the music industry, um, not gossiping about people and saying negative things about others. Um, I think that's really a key to success in any field, being positive Mm -hmm. and being encouraging to other people. The work ethic that my parents instilled, I think that translated to my development as a musician, having discipline and... um, just trying to be the best that I could be at whatever I was uh, focused on. Okay. So would you say that um, the fact that you speak five languages, is that did that help as well in terms of, you know, like you said, developing relationships with different people? So you're going to be working with people from all walks of life? Yes. I think with every skill or with every gift, it allows you to connect to more types of people. Mm-hmm. And um, when I began learning languages in elementary school, I never, ever thought that I would speak another language. I just thought it was just something fun to do. 
because again, it was a very backwards town. There were no people from other cultures or ethnicities in that region. So by the time I got maybe middle school, we started seeing some Mexican immigration um, because we had lots of mm. um, migrant work in that region and still till today. Oh. To today. And um, but other than that, there were no other ethnicities in that area. So I never even heard another language spoken except in like the classroom when we watch movies or things like that. So um, uh, learning the language and going to other countries. I was an exchange student after high school in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Um, That was like my first exposure to the world. And it was really exciting and eye-opening. That's a nice one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think with everything you learn, it should make you a a deeper, richer uh, person. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, which organization did you do exchange student with? Youth for Understanding. Wow. Yeah, they're based, I think, here in Bethesda. Yeah, I actually have a Youth for Understanding exchange student myself right now (laughs) from China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah. So, so you speak French, Spanish, English, Spanish, German, and French Creole. Oh, German and French Creole. Yeah. So how did how did, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> so I started French in elementary school. Okay. I continued through high school. Started Spanish in high school. Mm. Um, started German in college. Actually, it was just for fun. Mm-hmm. I said, "Let me just take a German class," mm-hmm. and I really liked it, so yeah. I kept taking it. And um, I did a summer internship in Martinique and Guadeloupe. Oh. So I started learning Creole there, and then I s- started practicing and improving with some Haitian friends here in the area. Okay. Now I was wondering uh, which one, which language is your favorite I like to them speak, all. and then which one is your favorite to sing in? My least favorite to sing in, I'll be honest, is German. (laughs) (laughs) He started out with the least favorite. (laughs) However, only because it's kind of challenging, some of the Mm -hmm. vowel sounds, well, some of the sounds um, on a technical level. But I enjoy singing in all of them because whenever you sing in the language of a particular culture Mm -hmm. their faces light up and it's just the Mm -hmm. most amazing feeling in life Mm -hmm. that you feel like you've made this connection so only because of that it's it's just um i look at it as another tool to connect with people Mm -hmm. Um, digital music was kind of um becoming the norm and multi-platinum artists were selling zero albums Mm. so to begin your career at that time and actually the economy just crashed Mm -hmm. when I did my first project Mm -hmm. so it was just a really challenging time to for anybody to buy anything Mm -hmm. not just music but just houses whatever so um what I would say in any profession you have to be kind Uh, Mm -hmm. to everyone you have to be the best at whatever you think your strengths are really take time to identify what your strengths are I Mm -hmm. think that's something that took me a while to figure out primarily because we live in a very monolithic society where you're encouraged to do one thing and to master that 
But in today's society, it's hard to really make a living at one thing, especially in the creative arts. Mm -hmm. So I would say don't limit yourself to one thing, actually. Mm -hmm. Figure out what all of your strengths are and take take your time in developing each one and then blend them together. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're actually doing more than just what whatever it is that your gift was that you started out with, you develop your gifts and then you uh, maybe interact with other people and find niches, you know, various niches. Yes, because I never thought that there would be a way for me to integrate my language skills with the music and even teaching. I'm I'm a teacher, a Spanish lecturer at Howard University. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding now that they they merge perfectly together. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. there I've been hired to do certain events where I end up interpreting, mm-hmm. singing and teaching <laughs> all in all the, the same, same evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and um it's something that I ran away from before because I thought it made me look unserious. Mm-hmm. But the more that I learn about other people that are very successful, I find that they diversify and that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as being a jack of all trades, master of none. I look at it as diversifying. I can the very things. much. I can. Sorry, I can no. very much appreciate that someone who's hired you in some context like that is just grateful that you are willing to share all of those gifts and wear all of those hats, um, and it actually creates a individual um, something. Well, they'll remember you. You know. Yeah, I. I think that's great. And to me, it seems like, you know, the Renaissance man, Mm -hmm. the idea of that um, was so rare. But these days I hear about more and more people like you who have all these different skills and are using them and sharing them, you know, as part of their their gifts and and their creative lives. And I to me, that seems like, excuse me, the name of the game today you know, as you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. you know, just doing one thing, I don't think is going to cut it anymore. You really want to have a lot of different skills and, you know, it's okay to explore those things and, and do them because, you know, you, you never know how that's going to, um, create another source of income for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask how, what motivates you um, how do you stay grounded in your own creative um, reality? Actually, um, when I was in college, I was um, given a really great book called The Path. I forgot the name mm. of the lady who wrote it, but it's a green book. It's called The Path, and it's about discovering your life's purpose. Mm. And the one takeaway I took from the book, and I still have it to this day, was um, creating your life's mission statement. And um, I'd never even really heard of that term until reading the book because I was very young. And um, my mission statement at the time, and it still holds till today, was to communicate a message of love, um, purpose, and liberty to an mm. international audience. So I that, that. could apply to all the things that I do through mm-hmm. education, through singing, and through um, the 
communicating through the different languages. And it was something at the time I thought was only going to apply to my music, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because the book basically took you through a series of questions to kind of identify what your strengths were, what your what things you're passionate about, what things you hate about life, about society, and then kind of creating a statement based on that. But that shows that the crux of the things that I'm passionate about can apply to multiple things. Mm-hmm. That is excellent. Yeah. Um, who was your biggest cheerleader growing up and um, now even? Well, um, she's passed away. Her name was Mary Brown. Mm -hmm. She was like the pillar, I would say, of the black community where I grew up. Her and her husband were uh, educators. Mm -hmm. Um, They both went to historically black colleges, and they uh, went to the church I grew up at. And they would hold the free tutoring sessions every week, and anybody who needed help, they would tutor them. Mm. And they have taught people who have gone on to become doctors, engineers, architects, law. I could, we can just name lists and lists of people mm. who they basically made sure they passed Cal 1 or whatever the difficult mm-hmm. courses were they were struggling with. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, in addition to that, there are a lot of things that are still happening, unfortunately, post-Jim Crow, like tracking which tries to get a minority students into courses that won't prepare them for college or will will kind of keep them from having the required courses to be um, suitable college material. Mm. But they would kind of go behind and double-check the students' schedules and say, no, get out of this class, take this class, Mm. to make sure that they Mm -hmm, were prepared. mm And she also made sure she encouraged my parents to put me in piano lessons. Mm. She encouraged me to take Spanish. Wow. So basically those she's the really epitome of a mentor. Mm -hmm. She could see a whole lot that I never could have saw in myself. Yeah. Who are your mentors now? Ooh, um, it's hard to top her, but um, Mm. I have been talking to a lot of different artists who have Mm -hmm. a lot of experience in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, Nico, Kennard, um, lots of musicians who I really respect. Mm -hmm. And my parents, of course, I Mm -hmm. get a lot of advice from them. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. What are your hobbies? I mean, you you do so many different things. Is there there anything else that you do outside of those things? I actually have started back uh, roller skating. I used to roller skate a lot when I was younger, but I never learned how to like do a lot of tricks. So that's <laughs> that's on my list for 2019. Okay. okay. And I, I like to swim as well. Oh, nice. Any favorite <laughs> spots to swim? No. No. I try to avoid the ocean because they're having mm-hmm. some shark issues in North, <laughs> oh, okay. in North Carolina right now. Oh, dear. But uh, okay. any swimming pool that's heated. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do tri- tricks like uh, backflips and... Things like that. No, no, no just okay. swim laps. Okay. <laughs> so getting back to um, your career locally, um, do you think that it's difficult to get gigs or to make a living as an artist in the DMV? It's challenging, I think, in general, being an artist, because you're always trying to get people to give you a chance. Um, and now, because of the economy and... 
um, how the economy of the music business has changed so much. They're making so little money, it's becoming more competitive. Mm. So it's really about star power, getting those really strong opportunities to push your career to the next level. So I think my biggest challenge is not mm, becoming a victim of the look at me bug. You see lots of people on social media who just do things for attention. Mm -hmm. And that's not a part of my mission statement. Mm -hmm. So really staying connected to my core values um, in this climate is probably the thing that is the biggest challenge. And what I mean by that is I have to really remind myself I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing it because I believe that's why I'm here, Mm -hmm. point blank. And um, the more that I commit to that, the more peace I know at the end of the day I'll have. Out of, out of all of your influencers um, musically, who do you most like to be compared to, if you do at all? I don't like comparisons. Okay. I don't think any <laughs> artist will admit that they like that, but uh-huh. I get lots of comparisons and I'm very honored to when people would mm-hmm. compare me to anyone who I think is just legendary mm-hmm. or amazing. And who would that be? Ooh, ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting off the hook. <laughs> I heard Al Jarreau before. I've oh, heard yeah. Eric Benet, yeah. Rochelle Farrell, Al Jarreau. Okay. Um, I said Al Jarreau already, didn't I? We heard, we heard Patterson. Donny Hathaway. I've heard that before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard Mariah Carey before. I've heard lots that's of different names. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's good company. Real good company. It's an honor. Yeah. Is there um, anyone that, well, I'm curious because you've worked with some people locally. Is there someone locally you'd like to collaborate with and then somebody famous you'd like to collaborate with? Oh, gosh. That's a deep question. Gosh. (laughs) Um, You know, I've never recorded anything with Deborah. I would love to record something with her. And um, That'd be fabulous. Actually, I have recorded with her. I take that back. We she recorded on my live album that I never released. <laughs> but I would still like to? to do something with her. I, I am eventually one okay. day. Okay. There was a, there were a lot of technical issues with that recording that I was really pissed off about. Oh, okay. so I was on the fence about re- releasing it. So okay, one day I'll, I'll release it, but not right now. I don't think. Okay. Um. I would love to work with Stevie Wonder. Mm. He doesn't work with male artists a lot. I'm not really sure why, Mm -hmm. but I would love to be one of those few that he decides to collaborate with. Not just playing harmonica, because (laughs) he does that a lot on everybody's record. I want him to (laughs) sing with me. (laughs) That would be amazing. I understand that. That'd that'd be great, and uh, hopefully that'll happen. He comes to the area frequently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At one point, someone was telling me he had relatives in in Maryland somewhere. That was why he was coming so often. Yeah, I see his picture on uh, the um, walls of a um, like a hibachi place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go in there and he's, he's plastered on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He likes that place. Next to the koi fish. <laughs> <laughs> nice so 
Um, I saw where you've played at the Bohemian Caverns, you know. Oh. Rest unfortunately, in peace. It's, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. That's nice actually where the live album was recorded. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And um, you've performed with Ama Watt. I did. Yeah. Uh, tell us about her a little bit. We went to college together. We okay. both studied at Howard, and she was phenomenal back in the day. And she's still the bomb. And mm-hmm. she's been doing a lot with um, the, what's his name, the drummer Nate. Nate Jones, I forgot his last name, gosh, but he's a very well-respected drummer, jazz drummer, and uh, she's been touring the world with him the last year or so. Mm. And um, we both reconnected through Vinks, a really awesome songwriter, Mm. singer, who holds these songwriting workshops. And his home, is he in New York now? He's all over the place. He actually lives in France now. Oh, <laughs> nice. And he's played at Bohemian Cabaret. He has, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she and I reconnected at one of his songwriting workshops. Nice. And I had her come to my Bohemian show. And, oh, okay. Um, she featured. Cool. And you also opened for Mesa, Love Her. <laughs> yeah, I sang backgrounds for Mesa, too, for a hot second. Oh, nice. She's just one of the best mm-hmm. and such a sweet, sweet person. She really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've done those things, and, and as you mentioned earlier, you teach and you, you do these workshops and um, all kinds of things going on. So what what do you want to do next? Like, What's your, what's your big thing for I actually am working on... I can't say exactly what it is yet, but I'm really excited. It's a project for children, and the Soulful Nerd is going to be a part of that project. Nice. Wow. All right. There's a little teaser there. Yes. What do you you want people to get out of your music? Happiness, joy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I think we experience all of that listening to your songs. Is there something you'd like us to play or you want to share? Let's see. Um, I really like the song Missing You. That's my mom's favorite Mm. from my last album. Yeah, I like that one too. Let's have a listen. I'm missing you, baby. Don't worry, honey. I'll be right there by noon. I'm missing you, baby. Just call me, honey. Jumping inside, how can this be? Early morn, I got you on my mind. You came in my life like a leaf into the autumn air. Both our hearts intertwined.
it real on my dream that you flow no vocalization in that song and the, the highs and lows and it's just it's so um emotive i love 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 that song <laughs> and the highs are so like effortless for you i mean it doesn't feel like you're straining to get there you're just there it's wonderful very good voice teachers <laughs> that song actually came to me in a dream hmm. i was um Actually, I heard you speaking earlier about being in a meditative state. And a lot of times when I'm either falling asleep or waking up, songs come to me. Mm-hmm. And that particular morning, I was waking up and I just could not quit hearing this song. Mm-hmm. So what I normally do is I try to stay there long enough so I can um, kind of gather all the information. Because, you know, like when you're dreaming, if you wake up too quick, you'll forget it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same when... I get ideas. Mm-hmm. So I, I was trying to stay there long enough to kind of rewind the idea over and over in my head long enough for it to burn into my brain. Then I get up and I go to the keyboard and I record it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I couldn't get that song out of my head. Oh, so I said, this has to be on the album. And that's the one actually is my most successful from the album mm-hmm. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, I can see why well, I can see that um, as part of a soundtrack. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> Make that happen. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any favorite songs you're listening to right now? I, this sounds horrible, but I don't listen to a lot of music right now. Okay. Um, I'm just in the midst of buying my first home. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's literally been my waking reality. reality. I'm doing renovations to the home, so I'm like driving there every day and I'm staying with a friend until it's all done. And then when I'm not thinking about that, I'm I'm listening to some book on tape or something. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. haven't been listening to a lot of music lately. Yeah, no shame. 
can I ask books books wise, what mm-hmm. have you been listening to? Oh gosh, I am loving biographies. Mm-hmm. I just finished this really juicy mm-hmm. <laughs> biography mm-hmm. on Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um so she okay. had two written about her. Um well, I'll say one official one. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. second one that the one that I just finished reading was written by the same co writer of mm-hmm. that biography. According to him, there were lots of things that she didn't want included. So he went back and wrote another book, including all the interview material that she didn't want included because it wasn't the most positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that information was great. It wasn't necessarily all all that negative about her per se. It was more so about circumstances surrounding her life Mm -hmm. that she didn't necessarily want people to know about. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really insightful and um, really shows you that most artists have very um, challenging circumstances mm-hmm. that kind of a- inspire their art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great book. And I read lots of uh, like self-help books, <laughs> Dale Carnegie. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, those types of books, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Nice. Going back to um, Aretha Franklin, are there songs that you would like to record of hers? Or Oh, you know what? I have been thinking about doing, there's so many legendary artists mm-hmm. whose music mm-hmm. I, I really listen to a lot. I love her, I love Dionne Warwick, mm-hmm. um, the Beatles, and uh, Roberta Flack. I've been thinking about maybe figuring out a way to do a little mixture of all mm-hmm, of them and mm-hmm. put out like a maybe a EP or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of tribute album or something. Yeah. yeah, my favorite Aretha song is a song called "Angel." It's a mm. song her sister Carolyn wrote, and it was on uh, "Hey Now Hey," uh, mm. the album Quincy Jones produced. Okay, and it was kind of the only radio charting song from that album, but oh, okay. beautiful, beautiful song. Could you sing a few bars? Okay, let's see. Gonna find me an angel boom, 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 to fly away with me. Gonna find me an angel Ooh, and set me free—a heart without a home. I don't want to be alone, gotta find me an angel in my life, in my life. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Very nice. I enjoyed that. It It was beautiful. Um, I think it was only one of the things I noticed in your singing is that you have a wonderful command of scat. How did you become comfortable doing scat? I'm still not comfortable. (laughs) I just go for it. Um, I started out listening, of course, to lots of jazz records when I was in college. and let's see, who was the first person? I think Al Jarreau is probably the first person mm-hmm, yeah, that I was like, him. wow, I want to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And then Lettucey. Mm. And then, um, let's see. Those were the main two. Mm-hmm. And then Ella Fitzgerald, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I actually was talking to Lettucey. This was many years ago. And she asked, I told her that I want to know how to scat. Mm-hmm. How did you learn how to scat? Teach me. Mm-hmm. She said, scat, scat something for me now. And I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> Talk about being on the spot. I know. I was so nervous. But I ended up scatting one of her scats uh, mm-hmm. the, the, to the best of my memory, the best I could remember mm-hmm. it. And that was kind of how I started. I started memorizing other people's scats. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I would just start creating my own. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of mix it together. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, how do you think that uh, artists in our area can um, be profitable? I think that's one of the workshops that you teach correct mm-hmm. oh wow you did some research girl <laughs> go girl okay uh let's see i would say diversify like mm-hmm. i mentioned mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. with your gifts i believe that every gift is given to us by god and it's mm-hmm. an opportunity to make Absolutely. money <laughs> so don't run away from it use that gift use mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. um but in addition to you know figuring out ways to monetize each individual gift diversify the types of things that you do with each gift. So like with music, I can teach, I can coach, I can consult. Um, okay. And that's already like three or four different streams mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also being um, very creative with how you approach doing things. Now everything is virtual. You can teach lessons online. You could create your own academy, music academy mm-hmm. online and have mm-hmm. different people working for you. And you can be teaching people all over the world. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say look at one gift and then write out a list of at least 10 things that you could do to monetize that one gift. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the next gift. I like that idea. And then you write out a list, you know, and then mm-hmm. think of ways you could integrate it together. Um, investing in things that generate passive income like a house um, which is why I wanted to purchase Mm -hmm. you could rent out the basement you can rent out a room Um, these are all ways that creative people have to start thinking if they want to survive and Mm -hmm. really make a living from their art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gosh you know I could um, keep talking to you (laughs) we're gonna have to wrap it up so um what, uh, how can people connect with you? What's the best way? K-E-N-N-Y-W-E-S-L-E-Y dot com. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Awesome. Folks, you've been listening to the wonderful Kenny Wesley. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Poetry. To connect with us and to get more information, go to poetry.net. That's P-O-E-S-T-R-Y dot N-E-T. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and and YouTube. YouTube. Thanks for joining us today. Peace, love, and abundance. A la prochaine, mes amis.